Welcome to another episode of the Kicking It Podcast. I'm Alex Boatman, joined always by Austin Rico. Austin, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm currently uh, enjoying the hot tub at the hotel. I was going to say, so, I, I, I hear water in the background. Today is going to be a marvelous podcast. Oh, be sure to stay tuned. Hey, you know, um, for God's sake, real quick, today's podcast is presented by the Corner Club. Shout out the Corner Club was up there this last Thursday night. Had to make an appearance. Loved it as always. Classic ladies night. Um, one hop on the shuffleboard, a little busy, but um, loved it. Uh, we have a great episode coming up for you today. We have the Giants fullback, New York Giants fullback Elijah Penny on the show later. We interviewed him earlier this week. So stick around. We'll be right back. Man, it's been a crazy time in sports. Um, since we've kind of last on a show, the Lakers have seemingly imploded on all of basketball. Um, the combine has happened, and now we're in the middle of NFL free agency. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on with free agency. We obviously just had the combine, which has got a lot of people talking. But my mind's set on one thing and one thing only right now, and that is March Madness. Oh, yes. I mean, uh, Gonzaga won by 26 tonight, for those of you who are Zags fans. But um, we've seen already our fair share of uh, some March moments um, in the conference tournament games. Yeah, and it's only about to get better. I mean, this coming weekend, we're going to have good games galore. I mean, it's this has kind of been one of those years where I feel like there's a lot of really good teams at the top. It's not like somebody's really separated themselves. Yeah. Um, I think Duke will be the closest to it, but even then, I mean, they've they've kind of been playing there. Oh, we'll just go down by twenty, and then we'll make a run. So I'm I'm not convinced that they're you know killer mentality. Just go out and bury somebody right off the bat, and not having Zion uh, obviously is, has made it a lot more difficult. North Carolina, my beloved Tar Heels, go Heels, were able to to pull another one out, take the season uh, sweep, yeah, yeah. and uh, say what you want about Zion, but. Yeah, you know, um, I've been hearing some of the things that have been talked about out there is that Duke might not get a number one seed this upcoming, this this year, because of the fact they've lost a couple games without Zion. They've been kind of not so convincing down the run. Um, It depends on how their ACC tournament goes, but they're not even the number one seed in their conference. They're behind Virginia and North Carolina for the number one seed in the ACC. Um, So depending on what happens there, Duke might not even be a number one seed in the tournament. And and you know the way basketball's played now, they don't shoot the three. I, I I don't I don't like Duke to win the national title. I just don't. They just don't want to shoot the three, and that's going to come back to bite them in the butt later. Or they want to shoot the three, they just can't make a three. And that that's kind of been my thought process the whole year. Is Duke is an incredible basketball team, one of the most talented uh, you'll ever see, especially for a group of freshmen. Um, but I I was never convinced that they were going to win the title, strictly because a they're Duke and I hate Duke. Uh, but B, they, they're very – I mean, they have those three guys who really carry. But other than that, it's like – it's tough to win the freshman as is. And when you really only have three contributors, yeah. that's going to limit you. If you have one off night, you're going to struggle. And, I mean, we've seen it several times with them. They'll, they'll put themselves in a big hole and yeah. they're enough to, to dig themselves out. But come March, when you're playing the other top teams in the country, uh, once it gets down to the Sweet 16 – 8-8 Final Four, 
that's when you're really going to see like, oh shoot, they can't they can't keep doing this. Yeah, you know, I, I I just don't I don't like Duke to win it at the end. I think there's a couple teams that can surprise you this year um, on who could even possibly win the tournament. Uh, Michigan State's a pretty good team on the Big Big Ten. Uh, Texas Tech is the best team on the Big Twelve. Um, those are kind of some surprise teams. Maybe keep an eye on. Um, maybe some Cinderella stories. Wofford's a hell of a team. Buffalo's a hell of a team. You know, uh, Liberty has played good basketball all year. Montana out of the Big Sky might be interesting. But uh, you know, don't I'm keeping an eye out for some deep, good upsets this year. I think there's a lot more parity in this year's um, in this year's March Madness than we've seen in past. And I think you kind of hit it on the head when you said. Um, yeah, you're not quite sure who's who's going to win it. You know, there can be quite a few different teams who win it, and that makes it way more interesting. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I'm always excited for March Madness. But this year, I really don't have a like, – any one of these top 25 teams, for the most part, I feel like could make a, a deep run. Yeah. I mean, you're even looking at it. You've got some teams like a Nevada – you know, just not Houston, not Houston, and, UCF, yeah, Houston. Cincinnati. Those are th- three good teams. You know, Marquette can make a run. Villanova can make a run. Uh, who knows? It's gonna be a it's gonna be a great March Madness selection Sunday. Is this Sunday? So tune into CBS TNT and find out who uh, who comes out and uh, what seating we have and where uh, and who has the best opportunity to make it to the Final Four. Um, I know I mentioned it earlier, but uh, what's up with the Lakers? What's up with LeBron? I mean, I, it's funny you say that. What's up with LeBron? I don't. I don't think he's really done anything up with him. I mean, when you look at it, <coughs> sorry. Uh, when you look at it, it's kind of one of those instances where it's really just been injuries. The dude's averaging twenty-seven, eight, and eight. Yeah. Like I, I don't know what people. I mean, shoot, what is he supposed to do? I mean, he doesn't have when, especially now at this point, he doesn't have Brandon Ingram, doesn't have Kyle Kuzma, doesn't have Lonzo Ball. And it's not like they're that talented to begin with. Yeah, like, no. People want to sit there and say, oh, he, he really dropped the ball. They were in the four seed. He got hurt. And now, I mean, shoot, you, you see what's happening with everybody else getting hurt too. Like he, The dude's basically Superman, but even Superman has kryptonite, and these injuries are proven to be that for him. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, though. Um, no – no LeBron James in, in in the playoffs, and which which is sad because as someone who's very as someone like myself, not a big LeBron guy, but I still can appreciate his talent and what he does for the game of basketball. And he's a generational player. He's one of the top five players of all time. Um, and this dude's been in eight straight finals. And this year, in the last like we're looking at the twilight of his career here. I mean, there's no more. There's no guarantee that LeBron is going to have you know. He's going to continue on the pace he's been on because, yeah, age catches up with everyone, especially in a sport where you play at least 80 games and have to run up and down the court um, quite a bit. So it's kind of sad that, you know, in the back end of his career here, he has a year where he's missing the playoffs. And and you look at this injury stretch that he's had, this that he was out this year, this is one of the longest chunks of time that he's ever, he has ever been out. And he has stayed pretty injury-free for the most part, like – during most of his career, and that's been a big benefit to him. And you kind of look at what happened to Kobe when he kind of went down the tubes is he got hurt, and he was never really able to fully recover. And I mean, LeBron's obviously able to fully recover, but when you get to be 34, 35, your body doesn't, you know, naturally heal the same way it used to. So, you know, there's no guarantee he won't get hurt again. 
Oh, I mean, hundred percent. But Kofi's was a little bit different. He was, he was. I mean, you could already see the. Yeah, you uh, can see the decline. Decline. Yeah. And then it's it's an Achilles injury, which is one of the most difficult right. to come back from, especially as a basketball player. Uh, and then you look at LeBron, who I mean, he he kind of tweaked his brain. He took his time, which was kind of a big thing. Like you, you don't want to sit there and rush it and react. No, muscles are on a nightly basis. Exactly. Um, but still, but yeah, I, I think it'll be fine. The biggest yeah. thing I think going in LeBron's favor is his work ethic. Um, and I don't. Well, he he's, he may have lost a little bit. Physically, he's still a freak of nature. Oh, he, he is. He yeah, yeah. everybody in the NBA. Uh, when he wants to take off, when he wants to run, he's still got it, yeah. which is absurd when you think about 16 years in. Uh, but ultimately, I think all the all the outside stuff, all the criticism, I think he's going to use it as fuel. And I think next year, um, if Magic can pull his head out of his rear end and actually do some good recruiting and bring – some it doesn't have to be a superstar. Right? I hope they do get one, but essentially, if they if they can bring in some shooters and some guys that will help LeBron, I I, I definitely think they will be in the playoff, you know, picture next year. Yeah. Like they, I think they should have been this year, but yeah, things yeah. happen. Yeah, things happen. You know, it's why you play the game. Um, Celtics have kind of been on a little resurgence in the last few games. Kyrie came out today and said, "You know, look, I've handled things wrong, um, not right. Um, I should have handled it a lot better." And I, I need to learn from my mistakes, especially being a leader. So that's big on Kyrie. The Celtics are still one of the most talented teams in the NBA, top to bottom, um, that, that can push, you know, for a finals, you know, to win the Eastern Conference at, at the end of the day. Um, the Warriors are kind of having a little bit of drama. Steve Curry, you could read his lips last night during the game. He said, I'm so effing tired of Draymond's BS. And he, you could read his lips on the sideline saying that. Um, but the Warriors will probably, at the end of the day, talent will win out and the Warriors will probably win it. But, um, you know, NBA season's heating up. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty before it's playoff time. So um, keep an eye on that. Rico, you had a game this last weekend. Um, punted the ball pretty well, watched a little bit of it. You guys mounted a comeback. But there's one play in particular um, that I want to talk about, and it was you punted the ball down. Um, coverage might not have been the best, and you're forced to maybe try and go help make a tackle. And uh, the lead blocker um, honed in on you and uh, kind of sent you flying. Um, it was a touchdown scored. Uh, no. Did they score a touchdown on the offense possession? I can't. Following the punt, I can't remember. I remember getting you. The getting correct answer would be no. <laughs> I don't remember it. No, I'm just playing. But uh, yeah, I went for a uh, a little ride. You went for a you uh, went for a quick flight. Yeah, definitely, and. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd do it again. Uh, I've never been one to let my pride get in my way. And believe me, as soon as I saw it, I, it's either the returners coming to me, I'm making the play, or and as soon as I saw him cut, I'm like, all right, I'm eating this. <laughs> and sure enough, I made this decision. Like, you know what? I'd rather be on the receiving end as opposed to, you know, going head-to-head collision because I'm a punter. I'm not very keen on that action. And yeah, I mean, I only walked away with a couple of scrapes, a couple of bruises, nothing, nothing big. Uh, uh, but if you really look at it, bounced right back up, no problem. You know, I, I didn't uh, stare and embellish it like all the other punters do these days. Oh, you just get up, you get up the field. Hey, they didn't score a touchdown. Nice try. Better luck next time. Hey, you know, uh, I got a good laugh out of it though, just because I I know how it is. You're out there on the coverage, you just get laid out, and the thought going through your mind is, well, saw this kind of. You're like, yeah, not that surprised. That just got kind of deal with it. But uh, oh, uh, I knew it was coming. Oh uh, yeah. The thing is, is, as 
soon as he hit me, I got up and I went over to him like, dude, hell of a hit. <laughs> and he dabbed me up. I mean, uh, it was all love there. But yeah, I was like, dang, I have not gotten rocked like that since I was a freshman in high school. Uh, and good old Kellen Clute comes, <laughs> who ended up going and playing, I think, at Oregon State. But he was, he was a load. He was probably about 240, you know, Pac 12 tight end. Uh, See, I'm a freshman coming in a buck, or sorry, sophomore coming in at a yeah, buck 70 if I'm lucky. Uh, and he just kind of lifted me. I didn't fall like a bat, though. He kind of lifted me gracefully. Thank you. Uh, that was great. Um, you know, hey, if you guys are halfway on through season, um, kind of what's your little halfway, what are your halfway, half point takeaways from this year so far for you personally and maybe the league as the league and the team? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just getting comfortable uh, getting back into the game environment again. I mean, it's definitely a, a change of pace. You can go out and kick by yourself all the time, but once, you know, once you got a live rush coming at you, making sure everything's, uh, everything's dialed in. I mean, it's funny. It's such a fine, uh, I mean, find a shoot position where you have to be so precise. And I mean, it's, there's a lot of different moving variables. So I, I feel really good about where I'm at punting the ball a little bit. Definitely, we'll we'll be seeing a little bit better hang time as we go on as well. Uh, these footballs, these footballs are a little tricky though. Um, not as forgiving as an NFL ball, but that's okay. We made the adjustments needed, and then as a team, we're sitting here at one and four, and man, it's one of those we could easily be yeah. three and two, four and one. Honestly, yeah, we yeah. kind of just shot ourselves in the foot and turnovers. The, yeah, I'll tell you what, our defense is ridiculous especially against the run i mean to, to give up 31 yards on 23 carries in a pro game is absurd and it's not like this is new i mean our run defense is ridiculous yeah you guys have a great run defense it just seems like you guys turn the ball over in opportune times and just mm, red just, zone turnovers yep yeah those it was, it was are killer you know but you know still a lot of season left five games and no one in the west was really pulling away so you guys could go on a little run here and you can make the playoffs and see what happens from there but um, you know, what are your thoughts on the league? Do you, do you think this league is going to work? It'll be interesting to see what happens with the XFL coming to town. Yeah. Uh, but I think the building blocks are definitely in place. Um, I think, I think people are, are really enjoying it. I think as it continues to get time to, uh, kind of expand its roots a little bit and, and draw in more fans, you'll see better attendance. I mean, San Diego had a solid 20,000. They, they were very loud. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I think what really matters is, is if they're able to sustain it financially because I know uh, they like the idea of it as a developmental league. I know there's great football being played, um, but obviously players are only going to play as long as they're getting paid. So if they can keep that end, um, end of it in the, in the green, I think it'll, it'll last and, and be successful for a little while here. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the XFL does this next year. They start the exact same weekend that you guys do next year. And that's kind of something I want to talk about in a later episode about uh, the XFL's model as compared to the AAF. That's something I kind of want to dive into as more info is released on it. Because I think you're going to see um, spring football kind of be rejuvenated here these next couple of years. And it'll be something that will stick around for years to come. Um, coming up on the show real quick, we have a great interview with the New York Giants fullback elijah penny our former teammate um we will thank elijah for his time that was a great interview and then after this interview we'll talk more about the nfl free agency combine and all the trades going on so stick around and enjoy this interview we are joined now by the man who lee blocks for saquon barkley the man who protects eli manning when he's in we're joined by the new york giants fullback elijah penny elijah how you doing i'm doing good how you doing bro 
Not bad, not bad. Um, you know, you've uh, kind of made your name a name for yourself there in New York this last year. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Well, uh, you know, started off the team and got uh, picked up on the practice squad, man. Not really expanded uh, throughout the year. Towards the end of the year, started uh found like 18 plays, 16 plays, 14 plays. So, you know, my, my role is expanded as a blocker, uh, lead blocker, and uh, catching out the backfield. So, that's pretty good deal. So, you liking that move to fullback? Because last time I saw you, you were a running back for the Cardinals. I know you changed to fullback this last offseason. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I, I like the transition. It's pretty much the same thing. You know, uh, we I kind of use my same eyes that I use as a running back. Just at a fullback position. So, it's kind of like having two backs on the field who see the same thing. And we're all on the same page because, you know, just being a, a, a former runner, you know, I kind of read. Uh, I get to my reads just like how I run the ball. So, you know, I just be on the same path as my runner. And, it, you know, you know, I just hit somebody as if, I, as if I'm running with the ball. So, it's pretty cool being a fullback. I like it. You like in New York? Giants treating you well? Yeah, New York, I like it. It's re- really cold, extremely cold out there. Uh, just uh, got to get used to the people out there. The people is a little bit different from the people out here on the West Coast. Uh, yeah, but other than that, New York is good. The Giants, is, it's a classy organi- organization, real story franchise, and, you know, it's number class out there. I love it out there. So uh, I'm assuming they're going to have you back this uh, this upcoming year as, as right now the, the starting fullback. Yeah, uh, so when they, when we uh, – just today I actually signed my uh, my tender. So today they uh, they uh, extended uh, the contract with me. So I'll be back next year blocking for Saquon and Eli and all those guys. So I'm excited to get rolling again in 2019. And that's awesome. Rico, you got any questions for the man? I mean, it, it's kind of funny because you joined New York a little bit after I was released there. I mean, I, what, what they, got you they, got, they got you out at the Ave or you got your own place there? Oh, yeah. I, what you know? Oh, you was at the Ave when you was out there? Oh, yeah, the Ave. They, they treated us real nice out there. Yeah, the Ave. Yeah, I, I was in the Ave for yeah, I was in the Ave for the first couple months, and then I kind of like uh, like went off and got my own spot. But the Ave, yeah, I like it out there. The Ave is pretty cool, too. They treat you real nice in there. Yeah, they treat you nice, and it's nice since it's a little monthly uh, lease yeah. there. It's, pre- it's pretty expensive, yeah, but it's cool, though. <laughs> Besides that, so, it's cool. So how have you been enjoying your time out there? I mean, I, I know i got to get a good feel for it. and You know, they, they definitely treat you right. Uh, how are you liking the coaching staff? I know this is kind of the first year under uh, Coach Shermer there. Uh, it's real cool. I like I like Coach Shermer. He's a real good guy. Like, he's just, you know, he's kind of like a, my kind of guy. Like, you know, just kind of roll with the punches and, you know, just – and he always uh, preach on team tough together. And it's kind of like how I like how I go about my uh, about my way. So you know, Sherman's a good guy, offensive minded coach, uh, real smart, um, and just real cool to a uh, players coach type of guy. Real cool to get along with. So I like Sherman. I love the staff too. Now, now who who's the running backs coach out there again? I'm trying to recall. Uh, coach uh, Craig Johnson, Coach CJ. Oh, okay. Okay. Coach CJ, like, yep. So he he been in the league for a long time. with a quarterback coach for the Titans. Uh, he been everywhere. The Vikings. He been everywhere around the league. He's real experienced coach, so he knows a lot. And he knows what he's talking about. And, and have you been getting on on some special teams? I saw. Uh, oh yeah. That's kind of been. That's kind of been what <laughs> what's kind of got you over that hump and, and onto the fifty three man. It looked like how's how's that adjustment been? Because I know when you were at Idaho, I mean you were just. You were just running back. It's like, ah, I'm not about that team's life. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, not about, <laughs> I'm not about that team's life. But now, in order for me to make it, just coming from Idaho, uh, small school, you know, just to make it on a 53-man roster was I had to learn how to play special teams my uh, rookie year 
with the Cardinals. So, you know, that was that was the whole thing about me not making the initial 53 was just learning how to be play special teams and become like a special team ace kind of guy, learning how to read certain, you know, coverages on kickoff and all that type of stuff. So just studying more and just asking the older guys questions more about special teams. And it really just became my thing, like, over the last couple of years in the league. Like, my first year on special teams, I was third in the league in tackle. So, you know, just just I just really applied myself to it and just learned how to how to play special teams and ask old ask older guys questions about it. So, but yeah, it's cool. I love special teams now. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy when when you get to that level. It's it's always kind of looked at as like ah, if I'm good enough, I don't gotta be on teams. Now oh. you got guys who are like, oh, what, what position you play? He's like, I'm a teamer, man. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, like. At- yeah, what hey, position that's you play that? <laughs> hey, that's crazy. They be like, hey, some people, you just come up to me. Hey, what you play, man? I play linebacker, but I'm a teamer. Like, that's crazy. Like, people, that's a position in the league. Like, just being a special team guy, like, that that can get you paid for a long time. So, and Oh, but look no like, further than Slater. Oh, yeah, New England. Right, in New England, yeah. Make a Pro Bowl off the special teams. Like, it's, it's crazy now. Then you got Buda Baker, who made the Pro Bowl a couple years ago off the special teams. And then our teammate Michael Thomas, Mike Thomas, just made the special, uh, Pro Bowl for special teams. So, oh know, yeah, when I when I was oh, there, I was really excited about him because yeah, Coach uh, Coach McGay out there, he was like, oh yeah, T Mac. Yeah. Oh man, he, he was sitting there, he's like, yeah, because my I'm assuming uh, he was playing. He was was he the person protector this year for you guys? Uh, yeah, he was PP. Yep, he was PP. Yeah, he's like, oh man, he's gonna be a third gunner. You're gonna love him. Sure yeah, he was the Pro Bowl, so dang, he was. Yeah, he's hundred percent spot on from day one. Yeah, he yeah, and sure enough, he went to the Pro Bowl. He had a really good season. That's another guy I asked questions. You know, just just talking to Mike T, pick his brain about how he plays special teams and all that stuff. So just getting close to guys like him, uh, Nate Stupar, uh, Russell Shepard, all those guys that they're experienced uh, special teams guys. So. I just ask my questions yeah, and just see how I can get better uh, just by um, talking to them guys. Sounds like you're going about it the right way. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. always room to learn, especially uh, there. Always, yep. Yeah, Pe- always. Penny, it was funny. Your first year that you were uh, starting on special teams for the Cardinals, good old uh, Co- Coach Shoemaker was always pulling up clips of you uh, from the Cardinals and showing up, showing the guys, like, this guy right here was a, was a running back at Idaho, and I – and he was just he was just like proud of you like no other like a dad that you know oh, yeah. he was in the league playing special teams because that was his main love was special teams but special teams yeah so yeah coach shoemaker yeah we we talk often like we talk a lot me and coach shoemaker and he was just so like he would tell me about stuff like uh, about spread like oh do you know you such and such in the league on special teams I'm like nah I don't know I just be going down there. Flying around making tackles, like I don't know nothing about how I ain't know how many tackles I had until Shoemaker would tell me like that Monday or you know what I'm saying like one yeah. of those days. Like, oh, you got this much special in tackle, keep at it, and, and you know he kind of just sent me some little motivation, and, you know stuff like that. But yeah, me and Coach Shoemaker, we got we got a real, really, really, really close uh, relationship. I, I talk to him, his wife, uh, the kids all the time. So yeah, that's I, good. Yeah, I love Coach that's good. That's good. So. Kind of with your family and what you do, you know, you're from Cali and you play for the Giants. So what do you kind of do with, with your family when you on the East Coast? They come with you, they stay back in Cali, or what happens? I know you got a kid. Uh, yeah, so my I got fiance, I just engaged to my fiance last year. So we get married 2020. So, yeah, they came out there with me in New York. Uh, I, I experienced the first couple of weeks by myself. 
And then uh, when I kind of got settled in, I got the uh, the place at the F. Me and Rico were just talking about. Then I moved them out there. So they was out here the whole season. Uh, she was trying to get used to the cold. She's pregnant again. We're having our second baby. Oh, congrats, so, congrats. congrats yeah, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, yeah, when, when she came out here, it got a little too cold. So she kind of left in the middle of December. Like, I can't, she couldn't handle it. So, you know, which it was only a couple weeks left during the season. But it, it was good having them out there, having that support while I was way on the East Coast. So that, so that was cool. So you think they'll come back out with you when you uh when you go back uh here in April and back in summer and all that? Uh no, nah, uh she uh my my fiance gonna stay out here. She's about to start a um, she's starting a, a preschool for kids in our uh, area back at home. So okay, she'll be out here working on that while I'll be out there uh, in New York uh, having a business. So you went a little uh viral, a little uh Twitter famous there for when your first kid was born for how big he was. That thing blew up on oh, that thing blew up on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it, that, it was crazy because it was like in a like in a hospital room. My uh, my mom was in there. Uh, my fiance mom was in there, and then we all were just talking like. And then the baby came out, and then he came out with abs, shoulders. I was like, man, this is crazy. Yeah, big old legs. And then everybody in the room, my mom was like, damn. And I was like, what? Well, I was, you know, what I'm saying that was my first baby, so I didn't know what was going on. I was like, damn, what happened? And she was like, he is big as hell. <laughs> so we were just like, we were just like yeah. and then the way the doctor was holding them, it was all like it, he was too heavy for it. So it was just funny, like, how it was holding them. And then I posted it on Twitter. And then, like, the next day I had, like, a thousand notifications about my son going viral on Twitter. So that was that was funny. <laughs> Everybody making their little jokes about it. it he, looked, he looked like he played in the league straight up. Like, right now, when he was born, he looked like he played in the league. I know. It was funny. I got a text message from Coach Petrino, like, the next day, like, talking about, like, he's got an offer for me already. (laughs) (laughs) That was was funny. (laughs) So, that's crazy. Um, You know, you you might not be the most famous penny in your family. Uh, Your brother is, your brother's quite, was a second-round draft pick for the Seahawks last year. Uh, Do you guys kind of have a little rivalry going on a little bit? Uh, not. He was a first round. Oh, first round. Excuse me. Excuse yeah, what, me. What are you smoking? Man, about? I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> Come on, bro. Uh, your team. Don't you like Seattle? No, hell no. I'm a Steelers. Like I'm, a, I'm a Steelers fan. Okay. Oh, my fault. Oh, we can cut on here. Uh, not really, but you know, hell no's all right. <laughs> we don't have. We don't have. We don't have the explicit tag. This is not an explicit podcast. This is PG thirteen. Yeah, I'll just but nah, yeah, yeah. Me and Rashad, we be we be talking. This year was more like, you know, I kind of like, we kind of like toned the rivalry down, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it was more like of me trying to help him get adjusted and established in the league and who he is and who he's going to become and, uh, you know, all that type of stuff. So it was more like of a learning curve for him as you got, I mean, I'm probably, I mean, if you, you y'all watch football, so y'all probably see, you know, some games he'll have a good game and then some games you're like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's just, it's just part of, it's just a part of the learning curve and just checking out your running style when you first entered the league, like. You know, my running style, I was just straight downhill. So it was kind of, it wasn't, it wasn't really hard to find myself who I was in the league because I just make one cut and go. Besides the more shiftier guy, faster guy, and those guys have a harder time. Yeah. Those guys have a harder time just trying to adjust in the league. But, you mm-hmm. know, uh, towards the end of the year, he started getting comfortable and making big plays throughout the year. And, you know, I'm excited to see what he's doing in uh, 2019. Yeah, that's a great. Rico, you got any more questions for the man? I mean, when. We're here sitting here uh, talking about Rashad. Is it one of those, you know, you always hear, oh, the, 
the second, you know, the second kid or whatever is always ends up better because they get to learn from the first one. Yeah. <laughs> how, have you, how have you kind of helped? Because trust me, I'm in the same boat. I'm sitting there saying, uh, <laughs> "No, my, my younger brother ain't better than me." I like, know. Hey, I'll be seeing your little brother. He got a leg. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's the thing is, like, it, at least for him, he's had. I mean, he was way way ahead of the curve, uh, at least compared to where I was, because right. I was able to show him, "Oh, like I." This is how you right. do that. This is how you go about your know, practicing. And so it's like, right. oh, wow. He, technically, he looks way – he's way further than I was at that time. Exactly. Is that kind of the case with Rashad where you're like, all right, exactly. I know. Here's exactly. what you can do to take care of yourself. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of like that same thing. Like, Rashad, I got an older brother too, so I kind of watched my older brother. He was the first one to ever play football in our family. Like, we didn't play football until high school. So – you know, my older brother played, and then, you know, Rashad got to see that. And then he saw me play. So it was like he got to learn. He, he learned every every mistake that we made. He had the, the opportunity and that chance to not make the same mistake because he already seen us do it. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like it, it just was so easy for him. And I'd be like, dang, man, it wasn't even that. It wasn't that easy for me. Like, I still had to kind of figure things out for you to learn. And you to make me, you have to watch me make my mistakes you wouldn't make it. And it made you a thousand times better when it was time to play the kids at your level. You know what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Same for my I mean, younger it, brother, too. I got a younger I got a younger brother that's going to San Diego State in July. So it's kind of like this. And he kind of like way ahead of the curve. He can be the best one? Uh, most athletic, probably, you know, as far as like jumping, running, <laughs> So we're going to see a, like, we're gonna see a third penny in the NFL? Is that what you're saying? Another, another penny in the NFL? Possibly, possibly, <laughs> possibly, man. That's gonna be crazy. But yeah, he he pretty athletic though for his size. He about like six three, can run, jump, cover, catch. Like he he pretty good return kicks, all that stuff. So, well, what position yeah. is he gonna be then? Six three is pretty tall for running back. Nah, he's a uh, he's a uh, he was playing safety corner and uh, receiver. I don't know what he's gonna play when he gets to San Diego State though. I don't I don't know. What he's gonna play. Okay, but but somewhere on the perimeter, covering space. Yeah, some type, yeah, probably like a nickel, rover type player. And then they're going to have a return of kicks, uh, punts and kicks. Just, you know, I'm excited to see him play too. Man, yeah, that should be a ton of fun. Yeah, that's going to be fun. This, this football season is going to be fun. Um, so you share kind of the same locker room with guys like Odell, Eli, and obviously uh, even a position room with uh, Saquon. You know, kind of what it, what is it like being on a team that has stars like that are so well-known in the league? Uh, it's it's cool, you know. You you just get to learn like different players, different personalities. Different, see how see how people uh, approach the uh, game differently. Like you know, just it's it's pretty cool though. In the locker room in New York is very entertaining. Uh, it's always somebody dancing, always somebody joking around. It's just, it's just very entertaining. But it's cool having those kind of guys and uh, being in the same locker room with those kind of guys. It, it'll be a story you can tell for the you know the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, that's always good. Um, I know kind of always some controversy surrounding Eli Manning. He, is, he Does he not deserve the criticism that he gets, you know? Is Eli Eli's a really great quarterback, you know? And that's kind of what, – what are your thoughts on Eli as a quarterback? Just to me, like, if you – just like with any other quarterback, just to me, if you watch film, like, like – I, like, I love watching film. I'm like a film junkie. So when you watch film and you watch our second half of the season and you watch our, our – 13 personnel, our 12 personnel, our 21, 22 personnel on the field, 
and you see where he actually getting blocked, uh, like when players getting blocked and nobody's in his way, he still has one of the best arms in the league. Like that's all I, I tell people all the time. Like just watch the film. Like don't watch the sometimes the numbers, watching the stats. Yeah. And just hearing about the game, like it, that don't do you no justice. When you watch the film and you watch him really sling the ball or rip the ball, like a forty yard bomb to Odell or to Shepard or to Ingram or one of the boys, like. And you see, like, wow, he still can throw at the elite level. It's just like any other quarterback, you got to protect him. And that's that's what I think the problem is. So, you know, when, when we get good guys up front this year and we protect, I, I think we can be a really, really, really dangerous team. Yeah, you know, you guys play a pretty wide-open division every year. It seems like someone different's winning the NFC East. Do you guys like yeah. your, you guys like what you have to possibly win the NFC East this year? Yeah, for real. Because, I mean, like, the second half of the season, we got rolling. Like, once we, we installed, like, more 21 personnel with a fullback and then, 13 with a third tight end, we was rolling. So, you know, like I said, you just put more blockers on the field, more versatile players on the field, and I, I believe that's going to be uh, one good thing to happen for us. Yeah, most definitely. You know, I think New York's always a fun team to watch because you never know what's going to happen. They got some stars up there at the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kind of real quick, how, how did you end up in Idaho? What was your story um, to end up in Moscow there? A little different than Cali. Mm. Uh, so... Um, out of high school, I was supposed to go to UW, didn't qualify because of grades. I went to, so toward the end of my recruiting process of high school, I was committed to UNLV. And then UNLV was like, hey, go to the school, such and such. We're going to pick you up from here. So I, short, long story short, I went to the school they uh, told me to go to. I ended up leaving because I was like, man, this is not cool. This dorm is not good. And, you know, I went to a school back home in LA. I went to Cerritos College and um, Coach Papunu. Y'all remember Coach Papuna? <laughs> yeah. Coach Al? Yeah. So, yeah, he uh he came to Cerritos and was all like, what? You don't have no offer? He didn't even come for me. He came for somebody else. He like, what? You don't have no offers? He like, you too big and fast, man. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't have any offers. So, and then he saw me and I was all like, look, such and such going to call you. We about to get you an offer tomorrow. And then Coach... uh. Coach Petrino called me, Coach Shoemaker called me, and then uh, Coach Lee called me. And then they were all like, we want you to play here. And I just felt, like, so welcome right away. And then when I went on my visit, I was pretty much so, like, man, this is where I want to be. I, like, I met, like, Matt, uh, uh, Manly, the rest of the running back. I'm like, oh, they cool up here. So I, I was like, yeah. You, you enjoy your time in Moscow. You have a good time at U of I. Oh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I don't know. <laughs> that, was, that was the most. I tell people that was the most fun I had in my life. He would be like, it must it was so boring out there, wasn't it? I was like, nah, that, that was some of the most fun I had in my life. Cause it was like a family atmosphere. Like it was we had no beef on our team. Everybody was cool. Like it was just it was good. And then we got a so my class we got the opportunity to help turn the program around and the most year, definitely y'all won the bowl game in Colorado. That that was fun. Most definitely. I like I was a part of that. Yeah, I wish y'all could have got that bowl ring because you know that fifteen year basically Helped with that 16 year win that game, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I, I got one. I got oh, one. you did good, <laughs> yeah, good, good. That's good, Rico. Any more, any more questions before we go? No, uh, not really. I mean, I just hold a grudge over this dude. This dude ran through my locker like, no, <laughs> oh my god, hey, you remember that, Rico? <laughs> I remember that. Oh my I god, back, I come back from lifting weights. Oh my god. Where are my flip-flops at? 
Oh my god! I totally forgot that because I was number six and you were number five. I would take your clothes and I'd bring, bro. I would take your clothes, take them to my house, and never bring them back. <laughs> this guy, this guy Penny would walk into the weight room with like a number five, number five, shorts, <laughs> number thirteen shirt, number forty-eight shoes. Like he had something from everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Be like, hey man, where'd you get that? Like, oh, I don't know. I found it. <laughs> Go to everybody locker, take everybody's stuff. Oh, that was. Hey Rico, I totally forgot about. You. Bro, I gotta hook you up now. I gotta hook you up, bro. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Oh man, that's too funny. <laughs> that's funny as hell. I really used to take your shirt, shoes, everything. Yeah, that was the one that got me. I was like, dang, my flip flops are really gone. Like, yeah, how I, am I supposed to get? Where am I supposed was, to go that, to get shoes? Now, bro, now I look back, that was that was so bad. I used to take your shoes, <laughs> like, bro, that's bad. Uh, uh-uh, uh that's bad. Oh, it's all good. I always end up, I always ended up getting the important stuff back. I don't care about the workout gear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that was fun, man. That was fun. Penny, we appreciate we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, let the people know real quick where they can find you on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, at Elijah P on Twitter and uh, Instagram, the authentic Penny underscore thirty five. What number are you for the Giants? Are you thirty nine? Uh, number thirty nine. Look out for my man Elijah Penny next year on the field for New York Giants fullback Lee Block and for Saquon. Keep and keep Eli Manning upright. Elijah, we appreciate your time. Uh, thank y'all, man. Much love. Much love. All right. Hey, go Vandals. Right. Go Vandals. I was about to say, you got to end the phone call. All right, <laughs> go Vandals. Hey, thank you, fellas. <laughs> yeah, all right, Rico. Hey, good talking to you, Penny. Best of luck right. this upcoming season. All right, thanks, Rick. Man, you know, that was great talking to Penny, wasn't it, Rico? Uh, it's always it's always a good time catching up with old teammates. and uh, we, we definitely had many conversations uh, being next to each other in the locker room. So it's, it's all love there, and I'm very – very happy for him and the success he's found uh, in the league. Yeah, it's great to see pro vandals, especially old teammates, and uh, catch up. And I'm happy he's found a spot there in New York. Uh, you know, it's kind of coming out um, that he got his uh, contract renewed. So I know he mentioned that. So that's great. On to some other NFL news. Um, NFL free agency, new league year starting. Um, so all the news came out today about who's signing where. But I want to talk about something first. As a Steelers fan, let's talk A.B. and that trade to Oakland. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Do you think you guys won or lost that trade? Um, well, the guy didn't want to be there, and uh, he was kind of a toxic person in the locker room. So the fact that he got any compensation for him and, he got his, and got his uh, salary off the books, to me, that's a win. I think it's a win for both teams. I think it's a win for every party involved. I'm on the complete opposite end of Ugh. things there. I it's one of those where, first off, I'm a big Patriots fan, and they offered them a second and a fourth round pick, which is, is better. I mean, not by much, considering where they'll be picking. But here's the big thing. As you talk about dumping, uh, dumping a salary off the books, because of the way his contract was structured. Yeah, $21 million he, still hit. I know. Yeah, he is 10% of the cap for that team, and he's not even playing. Yep. And all you can get is a third and a fifth round pick. Yep. Mm. You know, that's I was really hoping for, in my opinion. I was really hoping for that first rounder, one of those three that they had, one of those, like, 27th overall. I would take in that. You can get a, a second rounder, though? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they wanted two picks, and it was going to be like, hey, we'll offer you a second rounder. I don't know. I don't know I don't know the negotiation. But A.B., he was, he was bad in the locker room. He didn't, like, you know, 
he, he's not a great teammate in the locker room. He had a lot of issues. And But here's the thing. He's productive and the money. You saw him for two years. Like, he, he can't – what's he going to do, sit out and miss out on his $17 million that he's going to make? He might. Probably not. And then on top of it, I mean, it's just setting a bad precedent for your organization. You're putting yourselves in a hole, and it's going to be – I mean, basically, people are going to be able to walk right over the organization. Like, oh, hey, I don't want to be here. That's, hap- you, that's happening in pro sports, and the NBA started started that first, and you're finally seeing it kick over into pro football. It has, but I think you can't cave there. You have all the leverage. Yeah, you do. All the leverage. Except, except the Steelers were the Kardashians of football, the Kardashians of sports, and had the most toxic locker room situation I've ever seen for a team that was that good. And because the way that team handled itself in the locker room, I guarantee you fully that is why that team did not make the playoffs this last year. I guarantee it. They had the talent. They just well, here's the that other, toxic here's locker the thing, was though, terrible. If you got to make a decision, I I think the big thing was Big Ben and <sighs> Big Ben's on the the wrong end. Of, yeah, don't get me started on Big Ben. Of, yeah, he's getting old. Like, why not? Why not play? I mean, you still got Antonio Brown. You still got a couple good years left in him. Instead, you're gonna roll with Big Ben, who's you know been declining. And again, it's not like he's been declining. The dude led the NFL in passing yards last year. But he's but yeah, but he's but he's mentioned. But it. you know what I mean. He, but yeah, he, he's ta- he's talked about he's talked about retirement. But I think I think AB is almost over the hump too. He's thirty one. He's on the wrong side of the receiver age. Not too many receivers do that well after they turn thirty. I think the Raiders ended up putting themselves in a really bad situation with how much money they committed to him for a guy who's past thirty at a re- position that kind of falls off after your thirtieth birthday. So I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with the Raiders. Giving them thirty something million guaranteed—that's a very ballsy move. The Raiders, though, Again, are I mean, on a full spending yeah. spree. I mean, even with a, a wash, as far as we'll say, talent swap is fine. The the twenty one million still owed is just a huge backbreaker for me. Yeah, being able to give them any sort of kudos for getting a trade. Yeah, it's going to hamstring. It sucks. That part sucks. I hate the I hate the. Cal, uh, Sap the cal. I can't talk. Salary cap hit. I hate that part. Um, but I'm I'm happy he's out of the locker room as a as a personality. Um, you know, there's pros and cons to it. But in the, the day, I'm happy it's done and it's something the organization can move on from. And it's no longer just a sticking point. Now it's uh, gonna be interesting to see where Le- where Lev Bell goes. He's the next. He's obviously one of the hot free agents. So I'm hoping he goes to the Raiders. And that's one of the teams mentioned. The Raiders. You see, they signed Lamarcus Joyner. Today and they also are going to sign um, one of the starting linemen from the Patriots. They're paying out. Yeah, that'll be that'll be an interesting one. That'll be an interesting one because before then he was not not the hottest commodity. The Patriots really, you know, resurrected his career in that season. There. Uh, yeah. Here's, here's the thing though with the Raiders. If they pull up Le'Veon Bell, do you think they they make a play at Kyler Murray? Because that would be a scary, scary. I mean, and then you've got AB on the perimeter. I mean, what do you okay? Everything that sounds like it's out there right now is that the Cardinals are going to take him at one. So, what the Raiders are going to have to the Raiders probably have to give up three or two of their first round picks to get up to number one. They probably have to give up their fourth round, their four, number four overall pick, and probably their 22nd overall or 23rd, whatever that pick is, to get to one. But it sounds like Cliff Kingsbury I mean, wants, wants Kyler Murray. So, it sounds like Josh Rosen will be available. So, I don't know, I don't know what the move is there. That's. It's a really good question. I would love the Steelers to go after Josh Rosen. I think the kid has talent. Plan for the future. 
And they, I mean, they also got Mason Rudolph there too, who I think would be just fine. I think Mason, and I think he can be good. I, I do, but I don't know what the move is. I mean, with the Raiders, it seems like uh, AB wanted to be a number one receiver and primary receiver, and he's going to get that with Derek Carr. He's going to have that Derek Carr's going to throw to him like no other. If they can have Lev Bell in the backfield, that becomes a really scary offense with a defense that just added Lamarcus Joyner and but needs pass rush help. But guess what? They are drafting fourth overall and a class full of pass rushers. Um, <laughs> so the Raiders, I mean, the Raiders really could like make a couple moves this offseason. They've already started it to, you know, build a team this year and then especially really compete that 2020 year in, uh, in Vegas they got coming up. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah, I'm just curious to see what happens because I, I saw saw yesterday uh, that some an anonymous scout was saying that Kyler Murray uh, somehow doctored or fabricated his uh, his official height, which is absurd. Wow, it's I, measured at the combine. You've done it. You've, exactly. You've had it measured oh, at the combine. It's in front of everybody. And here's the thing: in order for that to happen, somebody would legit have to just straight up lie about it. And yeah. I don't think anybody's going to, you know, sit there and give him an extra inch and potentially cost themselves a job. Yeah, I don't, I don't, that sounds like there's a bunch of BS to me. Um, I think people are just trying to yeah, knock him down a little bit to, I you do know, too. potentially get him because he's, he's a scary talent. I'll tell you that much. He is. Um, you know, everyone's comparing him size wise to Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, which is pretty comparable. Um, and he can also throw the football like he's Drew Brees. So, plus, this dude can run. Um, I don't, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Imagine him with Cliff Kingsbury in the desert, though, in Arizona. That'd be an interesting squad, except their offense is atrocious because they have no help. So I don't know if that's necessarily the right move for him is to stick him in uh, Arizona with no help. Um, you look at Baker Mayfield this last year. He had guys in the backfield like Nick Chubb, um, Duke Johnson, and then he had guys in the outside like Jarvis Landry. So I I don't I, – he had quite a bit of help um, compared to what Kyler Murray would have if he goes to Arizona. It's going to be a really interesting draft. Did you watch the combine at all? Did you pay attention to it? Uh, I mean, a little bit here and there, but okay. Well, what stuck out to you? I'm guessing I know what it, or who it is. No, I'm talking about the inside linebacker speed. Devin Bush and Devin White both ran four fours. Are you kidding me? Right, inside oh, line. Yes. What the hell? But everyone, the story of the combine is DK Metcalf. The fact that he is, he said he had one. Uh, Freaking nature, yeah. They say a 1.6% body fat. I think that's a load of beat. That's not, like, impossible, isn't it? That's, like, anorexic. And it's malnourished. I don't think he's malnourished or anorexic. <sighs> that dude, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. He's kind of right around, like, the fourth or third overall receiver. Um, but there is just some overall speed at the Combine this, this year. Um, some really freaks of nature when it comes to the speed department. And... Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm really excited for this first round draft. I think there's a lot of defensive talent, a couple of receivers in there, some good offensive linemen. Um, you know, there might be one running back taken in the first round, and it might be by the Raiders. That's a kind of a position that gets mentioned all the time. But if they t- get Lev Bell, they do not need to draft Josh Jacobs from Alabama. So, um, NFL draft is what month, six weeks from now, into April, something like that. It's about right. Yeah, yeah, we got bigger things to worry about, like March Madness. And we got March Madness. Another big story coming up. Tiger is at the Players this weekend. Um, Tiger's making his return, getting ready for Augusta, which is happens in three weeks, I believe, three four weeks. Augusta, three four weeks. Three weeks. I think it's maybe four. 
it's like the week after the of, of uh, Final Four. The weekend after the Final Four is Augusta. So, dang, that's crazy because I, I, I mean, it was just not long ago. I thought he was playing in his last Master. I'm like, man, we got to wait what six months essentially. Nah, Masters coming up April. I think four weeks Gosh. from right now. So, like quick. Yeah, it has. So, and boom. I love it. I cannot wait to be sitting there Sunday, just enjoying golf. Hopefully, and Tiger's in that Sunday red coming up, and uh, we're just sitting and loving that. But you know, March Madness. Um, all right, Rico. Without brackets coming out, give me your top four teams um, that you might see in the final four. We don't know any brackets yet, but who do you like as of right now to make the final four? Gonzaga, uh, Virginia. Shoot, I'm trying to think here. Trying to, I I really want to say North Carolina. They are so hit and miss in the Mm -hmm. tournament, but I'm not gonna. Not, I I need to see how they do in the ACC tournament. If they play consistently and Kobe White keeps up this hair, then I'll give them the nod. And then I gotta I gotta look at these rankings real quick. I gotta gotta look at my top teams because it's easy to forget. What about your? What about your top teams here? Gonzaga, obviously. Um, I am going to say Virginia as well. I'm going to say Michigan State for the for, for the third team. And then that fourth spot, to me, I'm so unsold on it. It can either go North Carolina. It could go Duke. It could go Texas Tech. I think it's a team that people are Tennessee. not. Tennessee. But Tennessee is three and four in their last seven games. They are, it could go to Kentucky. I mean, there's like, I think there's like three teams that I'm pretty sold on, and that fourth team. It's going to be interesting to see who ends up a two seed, who's in what bracket, um, who's in what side of a bracket, you know, because you might see a scenario where you're having Gonzaga have to play Duke in an Elite Eight game. I mean, that's just that's the kind of that's the kind of way this tournament's going to go. You might see Gonzaga, you might see Duke play North Carolina in an Elite Eight game. That's just kind of the way this bracket's going to go. No one's quite sure where the committee's going to put it, put everyone. Um, so right, here we go. Here's a question for you. All right. This is no time to prepare for it. Okay. And I'm just going to completely dismiss Pac-12 because they suck at basketball. Yes. The other four Power Five conferences. Who, who's your winner in each? Because looking at it, I mean, I've never seen a game. All right. Do you want to say bad. technically they go with Power Six in the basketball because the Big East is kind of a power conference because Villanova's been running the world. But Marquette is yeah, but eh, they kind of suck I'm, this I'm year. I'm worried about our power five. All right, all right. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm looking at, and I've, I've never seen anything like this before. You've got the ACC, where you've got Duke, <sighs> yeah, UNC, Virginia, and that's just well, those the, three that are going to battle it out. And the, but the crazy thing is, is the, in, in ACC, real quick, Syracuse can be any of those teams. Yeah, I mean that's the crazy thing. And like, Virginia was got a huge break by winning the ACC. Now it's going to be. Essentially, it could be North Carolina Duke in the semis, and they get a avoid yes. that matchup. Yes, that's huge. You look at the ACC there, then you go to the SEC. I'm, the SEC has always just been kind of like Kentucky. You've got Kentucky, you've got Tennessee, you've got LSU. LSU's all in the top ten. LSU is good this year. In the SEC for basketball. No, it does not. Okay, and then you've got the Big Ten with Michigan State and Michigan and Duke. And then you go to the Big 12. Kansas is the lower end of some of these teams. Yeah. Texas Tech. Kansas uh, State's pretty good. Kansas, yep, Kansas State. Shoot, I forgot Virginia Tech and ACC, too. They're ranked. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a great right. Wisconsin. What's the, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just so overwhelmed. I know. This is going to be phenomenal. This, this, this year is maybe one of the most biggest toss-up years of all time of who can win the, who can win the Final Four and win the tournament. 
Oh, I love it. Uh, what was your question? All right, you started off whole rant. What's the question? Without thinking. Pick your pick your winner for each conference. Texas Texas Tech, Michigan State, um, LSU, and um, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Virginia Virginia doesn't want us to show up in big games sometimes, which kind of concerns me. So. Yeah, they they usually show up in the, the ACC tournament. Yeah, and they didn't want to show up against uh, you know, University of UMBC last year. So, be interesting to see what Tony. Happens. Yeah, well, never happened before. Tell them to end. Plus, 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 they'll use that for fuel. Yeah, I mean, you don't think that they've been sitting there yeah. dwelling on that for the last couple? Uh, of North Carolina's on a the last year. North Carolina's hot right now, though. After beating Duke a couple times, they got to feel pretty good about themselves. About themselves. They got to feel pretty. Well, I think they won what fourteen in the last fifteen. They're yeah. I that's 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 what you want in basketball. Um, uh, same question to you. Who, who out of those four conferences, who wins? I'm going to go with Tennessee. I think uh-huh. Tennessee writes the ship. I'm going to go with Virginia and the ADCC. They just know they just know the the games too well, and I think whoever wins Duke North Carolina, if that game happens, is going to be spent. Um, and then I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Michigan State as well in the Big Ten. And then the Big 12. Um, I'm going to go with Kansas State. That's You know, they're pretty good. They're, that's, a, that's a good squad. Virgin- Texas Tech, though, is one of the best defensive teams in the country. Um, they like to shut people down uh, there in Lubbock. So it's crazy, though. Kansas, not the top dog. First time in, what, 14 years? That's, that's a big 14 story. 14 years, yeah. It's crazy. Mean, good, good run for them, though. I mean, had to end sometime. Um, that's a lot of NCAA tournament coverage. Real quick though, um, talk about Idaho Vandal women's basketball. The Splash Sisters, Idaho women, number one seed, Big Sky tournament games. First game is tomorrow at noon. Um, you see Michaela Ferenz, all-time leading scorer in Big Sky history. Um, she's like a top something scorer in like NCAA like active his like currently active. Um, yeah, end of an era. Those two are seniors. It's been a those those girls can shoot. I don't think I've ever seen two better pure shooters live than those two. Oh, what a run! I mean, they've been great for Idaho basketball. You know, hopefully they can uh, win the conference tournament down there in Boise. Um, you know, men struggle a little bit this year, but hey, give up for Michaela and Taylor Pierce. Um, well, thank the Corner Club. Um, love my time there this last Thursday night. Felt welcomed as always. Uh, we love their sponsor of this podcast. Uh, they're great. They're great for us. And uh, you know, Idaho people. Go show some love to them next time you're in Moscow, and tell them uh, tell them we sent you. Tell them tell them we sent you. Um, Rico, any final words here? Um, go Stallions, go Tar Heels, go Vandals. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think that's all that matters. Right yeah, now. I think that's all that matters. All right, um, please like, please subscribe, please share, please get us out there. Um, let people know what's going on. Um, you know, we want to thank Elijah Penny for taking some time to talk to us. Um, be lookout for him, number 39, number the fullback for the New York Giants. And, uh, you know, he's Austin. I'm Alex. Thanks for kicking it. And go Vandals. <laughs> <laughs>